Hey everybody, I'm AJ Fry, and welcome back to Mistakes Were Made, the podcast about the mistakes that we've made, and hopefully what we can learn from them. I've got three new episodes for you over the next three weeks that were all recorded in front of a fantastic live audience at HowCon, the best fandom convention in Canada, in my humble but experienced opinion. And I really don't need to spend much time explaining HowCon, as you'll hear all about it in these next few episodes. I should uh, mention, though, that uh, these next three episodes were recorded with a little piece of technology that I was unfamiliar with. Uh, and at certain points, my guest and I were recorded a little overmodulated, which is audiophile talk for too loud. I have done the best that I could to balance things, so no need to worry about your eardrums, but expect that in a few places things aren't going to sound as best as they could. They may sound a little funny. Hopefully the whole podcast will be funny on its own, though. Uh, my guests were great, and uh, I have uh, it in me to continue, even though I make mistakes, and I will be back after the live recording to offer uh, some corrections for any mistakes made on stage and maybe some further insight as well. I'll also present a word from our sponsors, which may or may not be real, and I'll have a tease at the next episode of Mistakes Were Made. This is Mistakes Were Made, so I leave mistakes in. Anyway, here's our first episode from HalCon. You can't allow tradition to get in the way of innovation. There's a need to respect the past, but it's a mistake to revere your past. That's a quote from former Disney CEO Bob Iger. Welcome to Mistakes Were Made, everyone. I'm AJ Fry, and I chose that quote uh, as I appreciate the sentiment very much, but also I thought it fitting for my guest. She's an artist, an internet personality, and I hope she won't mind if I describe her personal style as though a classic Disney princess was brought to life. It's ALB, everybody. Wow. I want to meet her. <laughs> <laughs> you do sound pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> when you when you put it that way, yeah. <laughs> do you uh, actually take any inspiration from Disney princesses when it comes to your unique style? Uh, it's I guess I guess maybe subconsciously. You know what I mean? When you're kind of inundated with that from a young age, and you actually genuinely like it, yeah. you probably there's definitely some influences there. There's certainly some inspiration in your artwork. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely, I love, uh, especially early, early, um, concept art from like the sixties, like Mary Blair style. I love, I love her work and she's really cool because she was one of the first, um, artists who was like in the credits for Disney movies. If you go mm. back and watch like uh, 101 Dalmatians and, uh, Alice in Wonderland and stuff like that. A lot of the concept Cinderella, she, a lot of the shots you'll see are like straight from her illustrations. It's crazy. So yeah, Disney movies are very influential. Mm. Um, I, I realize we're at HalCon and I want to talk about that, but I want to talk about your art as well. So we're going to come back to HalCon in a second, but I want to continue asking like, how you found yourself being this multi-instrumental artist in a sense because you make so much great content for YouTube, for the internet that goes beyond just your like illustration work. So what was that moment like where you realized, oh, I can transition from being your standard you know, career artist to being a personality? Well, to be honest, I, it didn't really happen like that for me because I've kind of been making internet stuff since I was 14. I just constantly was putting stuff out there. I was on LiveJournal. Shoutouts to LiveJournal. LiveJournal. Who remembers that? I know my wife has one that she... No, wait. She has a dead journal, oh, right? Yeah. R.I.P. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've been putting stuff out there since before I, you know 
can remember. And right. I started making YouTube videos when I was like a young teen, like 16. So it was more of, I was always kind of doing that sort of thing. And then, um, slowly, like it wasn't like I ever had one big hit and it just took off hugely. It's just like, I've been doing it for that long. And then over the course of, you know, however many years, maybe like 14 or something like that, I've slowly built up an audience where that's more my day job now mm-hmm. <laughs> is making YouTube videos. It's quite strange, but I love it. And what about Halcon? Because this is not the first time that we've connected here at Halcon. You've yeah. been how many Halcons is this for this you? This is now? my second Halcon. Second um, Halcon. But I was here two years ago for my honeymoon, so I love Halifax very much. <laughs> what's uh, what's your favorite thing about Halifax? It's just beautiful. I mean, my family's all East Coasters. My dad was born in Cape Breton, um, but. Uh, and like, I just got back from Newfoundland a couple of weeks ago visiting my sister. So there is like, I just have always really loved it. But on top of that, I mean, Halifax specifically has such a big, um, like there's such a big queer community here mm-hmm. that everyone's so great. And I just love being here. And I especially love Halcon because like the nicest people here. Yeah. Oh my God. Any, anytime they'll have me. I'll come back for this show. <laughs> well, this is what has been happening to me for the past 10 years. I mean, Teddy and I uh, came out for Halcon 2010, which is hard to believe was 10 years ago now. Um, and then going back and just trying to explain to everyone, you know, actors and people that I meet. Yeah, who, you don't who, even know. Yeah, you don't everyone's even know. like, no, like there's something magical and special that is, I've only ever experienced at Halcon. It's been such a What's the right word? Sponsored by Halcon. Thank you. (laughs) Well, they were very kind in that, like, I just started this podcast not long ago, and then I said, hey, what if I did a recording? They're like, we'll make it happen. We'll add it to the schedule, and we'll we'll line you up with some of our fantastic uh, guests and personalities, Fat Apollo, coming up later on in the show. Um, I got to ask you about ASMR. Sure. Go ahead. What's the story (laughs) with ASMR? Do people know what ASMR is in the audience? Sort of, kind of. It's a podcast. If you nod your heads, people won't hear you. (laughs) I feel like I can see it. Yeah. I I heard some. So ASMR, I've never actually sat down to, like, watch one, though I have clicked on them and then went, uh, I don't know about this. And then, like, you know, changed what I was looking at because it was at work. And it was my video, and he's telling me right now. (laughs) I I don't think it was your video. (laughs) No, I'm just... Although our friend Sean Ward, who makes uh, YouTube content, I saw him do an ASMR video as the Joker, and that was that was pretty weird. Do you do characters for your ASMR stuff? Like- um, some very rarely. I I have done them. I've done Morticia Adams from Adams Family. Oh. Um, I've done Nurse Joy from Pokemon, but it's not really my like go to. I mostly will just do characters after a lot of people ask me to do them because I like look like them for example or something like that because then i'm like okay well i can go study this character um you prepare before you do an asmr video yeah so my videos they're like 30 to 45 minutes long sometimes over an hour and i storyboard them i script them like it's a production (laughs) that's a lot of work for an asmr video what are the comments like under an asmr video um Honestly, is that a good question or a yeah, bad no, it's question? a great question for me. <laughs> My audience is like the best. I don't know what I've done. It's not been like a trying to carve out a specific place, but I don't really deal with negative comments that much at this point because right. ASMR is like. For people who don't know, ASMR stands for Autonomous Sensory Meridian Response, and basically, in layman's terms. 
in English, um, it's basically like sleep meditation videos. So most of the time, um, viewers are going to a video like that because they want to relax or they want to go to sleep or they basically just want to have something chill on maybe while they're working or something like that. I thought it was about like getting that tingling sensation on the top of your yeah, head. So that's like the ASMR clinical effect, which there have okay. been studies about, which is like, it's basically a tingling at the back of your neck that stems all the way up to the top of your head. But I would say most of the people I talk to don't actually experience that version of ASMR. They just like to watch relaxing videos. They like mm. the Bob Ross effect, you know, like mm. they just want to watch something that doesn't maybe have a jump scare, Yeah, you know? <laughs> so that's what I would say most of my viewers are in for it, you know? And like my videos, I try to do, I try to not necessarily always be in character. Most of the time I'm just myself and I'm just talking to my viewers about, stuff that I'm interested in, like mm. Disney or fashion or makeup or vintage clothing, or, um, I do videos of myself painting as well. So I can kind of interwine those parts of my life. Right. Um, but yeah, you know, uh, today, uh, Zara and I were, uh, signing autographs for a little while in the, um, so fancy. Weird the, brag, AJ. No, well, I was just putting some context <laughs> to where you're in the, um, author's alley as well, signing autographs and meeting people. And we watched you doing this and, you know, I have this weird, I'm at this weird place in my career right now where I don't have a television show anymore. I, I did. Well, I guess I technically am a guest co-hosting on squad. That's a complicated thing. Let's not go into right now. Let's talk about it right uh, now. No. Um, but I wanted to ask, you know, you were just mentioning, um, being yourself in your ASMR mm -hmm. videos, do you ever have people that come up to meet you at events, at conventions, and they are surprised that you are so much like yourself in person versus the person they see in YouTube videos? Do you ever meet people who are, I guess, shocked by your... I think they're mostly just surprised that I exist outside their computer. Like, okay. that's weirdly the response <laughs> I mostly get is people being like, oh, it's you. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm here. Let's, hey. Yeah. <laughs> because when you watch, especially I feel ASMR videos, a lot of people watch them at night before they're going to sleep. And that's a somewhat vulnerable space, right? Like that's when you are going to sleep, when maybe you're having anxiety, when maybe you're dealing with insomnia. And so mm. I kind of view it as people are inviting me into that space in that time when they're maybe in, you know, it's a vulnerable position. So I think that you kind of, as a viewer and some, as someone who watches ASMR, you kind of form a pseudo sort of relationship with that person where it's like, yeah, they're, I mean, when I listen to podcasts, I feel like these people are my best friends. Like, right. I feel like I know them even though I don't. And I'm sure that's how people who watch ASMR feel too. Well, who are some people who you listen to? Have you had that awkward moment of meeting someone who's lulled you to sleep, but you've never it's met them really and then you met them? It's not really been awkward for me. Oh, okay. I think maybe maybe that's just unique to also being like someone who makes it. But I've I've been really lucky that I've worked on projects where I've actually worked with other people whose videos that I watch, and it's just been really cool. Like um, at the beginning of the year, we actually filmed a movie for Reese that was called Reese the Movie. Um, it's on YouTube and Crave and uh, a bunch of other like much, much bigger ASMR artists than me were on the project like um, GB uh, and ASMR Darling and Maddie Tingles and like I love all of their work. It was so cool getting to hang out with them in person and talk to them about stuff. Cause it's like, even I know a lot of other YouTubers, I didn't really know in real life, any other ASMR creators. So it was like, there was a lot of stuff to talk about that was unique to that job. How many people do this sort of thing 
ASMR videos. Well, more and more because yeah, I'll tell you, thing. in Canada so far this year, ASMR is the number one search term on YouTube. Really? Yes. So the ASMR genre is growing rapidly, and what's kind of cool about it is, it's not like its own tiny pocket. It's like a genre, and within that, there's all types of different communities. So if you're interested in tabletop gaming, makeup, uh, like they have tabletop gaming of course, ASMR of they videos, do. Or is it just anything them you like, rolling dice onto a table. Well, <laughs> you know, like there's just videos of people playing games together in a chill way that you could just throw on in the background. But there's everything. There's cooking. There's fashion, makeup, anything that you like. I guarantee you, there's an ASMR version. So like. I might, I've it's learned gr- so much talking about this. I thought it was like fundamentally at its core kind of tied more to like erotic, like a lot of guys really like the tingly sensation oh, sort see. of thing. Well, that's but a that's common that's misconception. Ignorant. No, no, no. I think what it is is like, okay, so a lot of, for a lot of people, and it's not, I'm, I'm not saying this in a way of how could people feel this way because I completely understand that for a lot of people, the idea of intimacy and sexuality cannot be separated. Hmm. So the idea of doing something that is at its nature intimate in that you're having someone speak to you in a really gentle, quiet voice. Right up into yeah. your ear. For some people, they can't separate the idea that that's not sexual right right? so i'm sure like everything on the internet there are a lot of people who watch it for sexual reasons and like of course they would like it's (laughs) on the internet right rule 34 but i would say pretty much the most common person is not watching it for that reason i have i have had people come up to me this weekend at halcon with their kids who are like eight or nine or ten who say like my kid watches your videos every night to fall asleep before school. And like, I intentionally hmm. create all ages content because that's just the type of content that I like to make. And the other thing is that I think that there is a place for sexual ASMR, like that audience exists. So there should be, and there's people it's, wanting to make that. It's right? Pornhub, right? Yeah, it's- <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I, I don't feel bad that people often think that it is that because I think that that's a totally fine thing to make. It's just not what I or most ASM artists make, you know? Well, I have no idea how to pivot out of this conversation. (laughs) What a mistake. (laughs) How how strange. How on topic. (laughs) Well, I, like I have questions to, uh, to key up, you know, potential stories of mistakes made, but, uh, Normally in the past when I've uh, had these podcasts, I've kind of had some back and forth with my guests to find out, you know, what kind of story would you like to share? And I usually offer one beforehand, but I have no idea what story you might have ready to share. So I don't know how to offer my own well, unless you give me like a. I thought of a couple. Most Here's the thing. And I don't know what it is about me. Maybe it's just like, look at me. Like maybe it's just this. But. Just weird stuff happens to me all the time, like Mm. constantly. Like if something weird could happen, it's definitely going to happen to me. I feel like there are are people who just have that about them. Actually, a camera guy who uh, some folks might remember from the original Halcon at the Lord Nelson, uh, Hot Mike, we used to call him Hot Mike. was just a beacon for weird stuff and strangers is coming up to him to strike up conversation. That's just mm-hmm. a quality about... I have that quality. You do. There's something about me. So it's, it's not really... Quality. It's not your mistakes, but you have stories of things happening to you, strangers encountering you. Well, to be clear, I also have made some mistakes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but some of the mistakes were getting out of 
bed that day. <laughs> that can be a mistake some days, for sure. For sure. All right. Well, so I can, what's your first one, then? I can tell you some. Okay, well, um, I have a couple, but probably one of my favorites that I could think of off the top of my head when you posed this question to me was that um, I, uh, six years ago or so, I got out of a huge breakup. Um, and it was someone who I'd been dating for like eight years, which is like far too long. Um, <laughs> our, our histories sound like they're lining up. Right? It was, well, it was about <laughs> seven years ago, I met my wife and I had just gotten out of like a seven year relationship. Yeah, well, that's so years. similar. Yeah. Exactly. So I, I didn't know what to do with this newfound singledom. I was just like, what is this? What is life? I was still living in my hometown where I worked at an art gallery. What's your hometown? Uh, do we need to say <laughs> it was Chatham. Chatham. Chatham okay. Ontario. We were just in Chatham not yeah. too long ago. Drove yeah. through it. Cool. Corntown. Yeah. I love it. Lots of windmills. They love windmills. What's yeah. with that? Man. They love them. It was cool. Put up more, I say. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I worked at an art gallery there, and I, I think I was a good employee. I definitely have a habit of just sort of doing my own thing at whatever job I work at, like I just for some reason brought roller skates all the time and just would wear roller skates while minding the art gallery and people would come in and I'd be like, hey, I'm on my roller skates. The thing is, no one ever told me not to. Right. So I just did it all the time. Well, anyway, part of working at the... Hold on, I got to interject. <laughs> did you watch the film L.A. Story with Steve Martin? No. <laughs> Fat Apollo knows the I reference. Uh, yeah, a classic movie from my childhood. I probably shouldn't have been watching it as a kid, but <laughs> absolutely loved it. And Steve Martin, there's this scene of him just like going into an art gallery, strapping on some roller skates and then like roller skating through the art gallery. It's, it's wonderful. It just wonderful. seemed like a great idea. The yeah. floors were very well laminated. Yeah. And I had carpets at home, so I was like, great. I've got my whole day set up. And so I thought that was a great idea. No one ever Love it. told me not to. So I just did that all the time. But um, at the gallery, we had art openings all the time. And I had been single for like two months. So I was kind of out of that like, oh, I'm going to die phase. Um, and uh, I had a friend, my friend Danielle, um, and she was kind of giving me a hard time saying, you know, you were in a relationship for so long. You don't you don't know anything about dating life. And I was like, I do. I went on dates. You don't, you don't know me, Danielle. And she's like, you, you especially don't know how to flirt. And I was like, oh, really? I'm a really good flirt, actually. You just don't even know about that. I'm so good at flirting that I was in a relationship for eight years. And she's like, that's not, that's not what that is at all. And I was like, yeah, Danielle. Okay, well, you watch this. And there was this pretty girl, right? And she was looking at the art kind of like, hmm, that's art. That is how you look at art. Mm. That's art. Yeah. I was like, good. So I walked over to her and I was like, hey, you like the art? <laughs> now this is verbatim. And she said, yeah, <laughs> I like it. And I was like, yeah, you like it? Well, that's my art. <laughs> was it your art? So it wasn't my art. <laughs> And she was like, oh, this is yours? And I was like, yeah, I made this. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Danielle, is, who also worked at the art gallery, I should add, is like, this is going great. This is my version of things, right? So um, 
I was like, yeah, ask me any, ask me anything. I can tell you, you know, anything about this. This is some paint right here. You'll notice, you'll notice the expressive brush strokes. I, I was very expressive in my brush strokes and she was like, you did a great job. And I was like, this is going great. (laughs) And then my boss does a little on the microphone and he's like, okay, everybody, we're going to talk about this is, you know, we're going to talk about, we're going to have the artist come up and talk about their work. And I went, (laughs) so I turned around to start to walk up there and she turned around too and also walked up there (laughs) and she gave a speech about her work. (laughs) So I'm really good at flirting. Wow. (laughs) She didn't talk to me again and I think it may have been because of that, mm. <laughs> but I'm not super. Now is she? I'm not uh, super sure. Do you remember this artist's name? Not that you have to say it. I just want to know: is this someone famous that we can Google and find this piece that you were reflecting upon? And um, she add was, this to the color of the story. You know, I I did block a lot of it <laughs> after that, um, but uh, I sure I'm sure she wouldn't want to hear from me. <laughs> Yeah. It just happens to me, AJ. I'm not choosing this. I don't know if I have like a comparable story of a flirt gone wrong in that way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, my brain's kind of (laughs) struggling. Hmm. Oh, I got one. Uh, So high school, I had this uh, crush on this girl. And uh, at, at some point, Um, around this time, I had made the same mistake that a lot of men do at some point when they're trying to think of ways to impress women. And I got into magic. And I don't mean the tabletop playing, which would have been better. I should have gotten into just like playing magic, but instead... I got into, you know, learning magic tricks from... I don't even think YouTube Wait, was a thing, but, like, like finding out. Like, close-up magic? Yeah, yeah, close-up magic. <laughs> cool. Yeah, it's, uh, it's surprisingly easy. Magic is not, like, as impressive as everyone makes it out to be um, when you know the secrets behind it. But uh, I, yeah, did the rehearsal of a magic trick and prepared it, went to school. And I, like, you know, went full full on this magic trick. With what were you the, uh, wearing? Uh, I, it must've been a short sleeve t-shirt because the reveal of the magic trick was, you know, choose a card and then you force a card on her. And then I believe it was the, like, I roll up my sleeve and there's the Jack of hearts on my arm. And, uh, yeah, she uh, was like, mm-hmm, appropriately impressed by my mediocre. Was it the right card? It was the right card. Of course. Well, she should have been impressed. <laughs> Well, as I as I later learned, she was far more interested in the girl who I was having an on again, off again relationship with. So, you know, that, that that's fine. It was her art. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I can top that punchline. Give it up for ALB, everyone. Mistakes were made. Thank you very much. Thanks. That was perfect. Big thanks again to ALB for joining me. We recorded that episode on the Friday night, and with all the talk of Chatham, Ontario, I probably should have known how to properly pronounce Wes Chatham's last name when I introduced his Q&A the following morning. 
but I did not. I welcome to the stage Wes Chatham. Names are easy to mispronounce, but I am too experienced and still too young to be making those kind of mistakes. Of course, if I wasn't making mistakes, I wouldn't have much content for this podcast. And I do have a sneak peek at next week's brand new episode coming up right after this word from our sponsor. This episode of Mistakes Were Made is brought to you by a new podcast, AJ's Awful ASMR. While traditional ASMR is designed to soothe and pacify, AJ's Awful ASMR breaks the genre by repulsing the listener with things like detailed descriptions of dead birds found by the side of the road. One wing was fully detached, while pink and yellow innards are smeared across the concrete, like butter on burnt toast. Or saying some of everyone's least favorite words in a variety of ways. Moist. 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 Mm, moist. You'll be infuriated by AJ's awful ASMR as all manner of terrible things are whispered into your ear. Justin Trudeau can't recall how many times he wore blackface. When Hong Kong protesters are arrested, they scream their name and a vow not to kill themselves because the Hong Kong police have been known to kill them and frame it as a suicide. AJ's new awful ASMR podcast. It's really awful. What we ended up doing, managing our $30,000 plus in cash, was I took a uh, pink post-it, wrote broken, stuck it on the microwave behind the bar. (laughs) And it worked. That was the lovely Jen Lamb, the executive director of Halcon. And for her full interview, you'll need to check back next Monday morning for the next episode of Mistakes Were Made. If you enjoyed this one, please leave a rating and tell your friends. I'm still making all kinds of mistakes. And if you've noticed one or have an idea of how I can improve the podcast, I would love to hear it. So please send me any and all comments or criticisms. I'm AJ Fry on all the things. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you in the future.